Hey, welcome to Shortcast with Ryan, and I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in to episode four. This is Ryan, and I'm bringing you an exciting new episode, something I haven't done yet. This isn't a business idea, nor a lesson I've learned. This is a true story, a story from my past, and it's one of the most terrifying things I have ever experienced in my entire life. It's a little bit longer than most of my other episodes, but I hope you can get comfortable and you can listen and feel like you're in the story with me. The story I'm about to tell you will forever be scorched into my memory and change the way I'd venture to this day. If you're easily frightened, you should turn off this podcast and go listen to something more joyful because there's nothing but darkness in this true story. Nestled quietly into the mountains of the Ozarks lies an oasis of prosperity, opportunity, beauty, and chaos. I'm, of course, talking about Northwest Arkansas, the home to Walmart, to the hogs, ideas, beauty, and people, a hidden diamond tucked away from the rest of the world. This is a place where you can do almost anything, and it has all the amenities of a city, and it feels like a city, yet there's nature, southern hospitality, free-thinking people, and a funk you just have to see to believe. This is the place where I grew up, went to school, and I've lived the majority of my human experience, where I've learned, developed, fallen down, and gotten back up again. This is home. And just like many other homes, if you search through the dark shadows where no others go, you may just discover the demons hidden in the basement. It was the summer of my sophomore year in college. I had just finished working a closing shift at the Walmart deli where I diligently sliced meat, whipped up some immaculate rotisserie chickens, served loyal customers, and ate way too many scraps of anything I could find. My fellow deli dude, Chris, and myself clocked out and strode into the parking lot. We were met by our own ominous shadows cast by a full moon. A warm breeze brushed the smell of wooded forests across our faces. Something about the air that night urged us into the spirit of adventure, and I knew of the perfect place. We invited our friends, Keenan and Alyssa, and quickly drove home to gather flashlights and a knife for our upcoming adventure. I threw on my trusty denim adventure pants and a dark t-shirt I was ready to destroy and texted my friends to tell them I'm on my way. I picked up Chris, then Keenan and Alyssa, who all were unknowing of our destination but ready for anything. After driving for several minutes, Alyssa finally asked, Uh, Ryan, where are we going? I responded with two words, Abandoned Hospital. Silence followed. Our tensions increased as we neared the abandoned hospital that was located near the center of town in Fayetteville. Just off a main street, You would never suspect such a devilish building could be located so close to the biggest party street in northwest Arkansas. Finally, 
we pulled off the road and drove through the dark, broken, and empty parking lot that surrounded the hospital. The hospital, like a monster laying in the dark, was only two stories tall, made entirely of old, red brick, and looked as if it had been 30 years since anyone had last stepped foot inside. The only signs of life were the vines crawling up the bricks and spray paint covering the walls, a canvas to those who dared get close enough. We slowly crept around the outskirts of the hospital, staying close to the building and using shadows to stay hidden from anyone who may put a stop to our sleuthing. We scanned the entire perimeter of the building, checking every bolted door, examining every boarded and barred window, and ignoring every sign of warning about what was within. After 30 minutes of looking for the best way in, we realized the only way in was up. At the back of the hospital lied a cement patio that looked like a back porch-like area, elevated off the ground for patients to spend time outside. The rooftop was lower in this area, and the barred windows next to the patio looked like they could be enough of a step to scramble up onto the roof line. After what felt like hours, but was really only minutes of deliberation, we decided it was time to act. I grabbed hold of the cool bars of the window and hoisted myself up onto the lower window ledge. I looked up and saw the brick corner of the roof about eight feet above my head. I leapt and grasped the rough brick corner and pulled myself up, using the barred windows as slight steps to assist my feet. Once I was up, I looked around and quickly took in the dark, damp roof that was flat and had an industrial look. I took several cautious steps to check for weak spots before helping Chris, Keenan, and Alyssa up onto the roof. Once the four of us stood atop the roof, we looked back out over Fayetteville and saw the tall, twin bell towers of iconic Old Main towering off in the distance. We turned around and took in the grim industrial roof filled with giant air conditioning units, now rusted and in tatters. We at first tiptoed across the roof, weary of the strength of the rooftop. Once we realized there was sturdiness in our steps, we quickly scoured the scene for any sign of a rooftop entrance. After several minutes, we see a large hole in the dead center of the roof. Upon getting closer to the hole, we see that this hole is actually a courtyard in the dead center of the hospital, about 25 yards wide and 25 yards long and two stories deep. Overgrown shrubs, weeds, and a ghastly tree spread their arms in the courtyard, submerging it with the green hand of nature. A cracked awning jutted out about six feet below the roof line and was connected to the ground by a broken white grid of lattice. To most normal people, you would be crazy to step atop this awning, but to us, this was our golden ticket into the courtyard where we hoped to gain entrance to the heart of the hospital.
We slowly eased ourselves onto the awning, one at a time, and carefully climbed down the lattice, hearing the wood and metal creak beneath our weight. Finally, we felt the cool, firm ground of the courtyard beneath our feet, and immediately in front of us was the only window in the hospital without boards nor bars, only broken glass. We took one long look at each other. Each of our eyes lit up with equal parts excitement and fear. After a moment of consolidation, we knocked out the remaining shards of glass and crawled through the window into the body of the beast. Immediately, we could feel that we didn't belong. We turned on our flashlights and were in a white walled room, stepping on broken white tiles. Old syringes littered the floor along with the scraps and memories from the hospital's past. An ancient patient bed stared begrudgingly at us as the broken wooden shelves met us with contempt. The old wooden door was closed, leaving us to take in this dead room in silence. We slowly opened the wooden door and were met by a black hallway. We looked left down the hallway and could see no end, only dark, before looking right and seeing the same sight. One hallway, filled with hospital room doors, fading into pitch black on either side. We were filled with the feeling of vulnerability. No matter where you looked, you stared into the dark, and the dark stared back. In front of you, by your side, breathing down your neck, there was no escaping the dark in this hell. We decided to start checking some of the doors along the hallway. Each one of them opened into an eerily identical room to the first, except the windows were almost all boarded shut. The empty remains of a once thriving hospital, the broken bones of a place that delivered both life and death. We began to walk further into the dark hallways and started noticing spray paint upon the walls. The first we noticed were the standard scribblings you might see on the streets or overpasses of a city. A red smiley face over a door, the name Jbro in green on the wall, and hashtag resistance sprayed in black. We kept walking down the hallway until we came to a set of metal double doors with the words, You shouldn't be here, written in a malicious red paint, heavy and dripping like blood from a wound. Our nerves were rocked, and we trembled as we approached the doors, wanting only to turn and run from this place, but we were too deep to turn back now. We pushed the creaky metal doors open and entered what looked like a cafeteria. A room so wide and long you couldn't see through the dark to the walls. But the low ceiling gave this cafeteria an uneasy, cramped feeling. A room so much bigger than the rest, yet it begged for more space, trapped under the weight of its own low ceiling. 
We walked through the middle of the room. Few white tiles remained unbroken. More spray paint upon the walls. It was like being in a large cave. The spray paint resembled ancient cave drawings, carrying messages we were unable to decipher. We strode to the opposite side of the room where another set of metal double doors greeted us with the same red paint. Turn back now. We ignored this warning and pushed our way once again through the door into the darkest, most menacing hallway we had ever seen. The first thing we noticed were the roof tiles, almost entirely ripped from their spots, littering the floor and creating a maze of debris. Wires dangling from the lights no longer lit. It looked as if a monster had been let loose to thrash this hallway and destroy any remnants of what used to be a hospital. The walls were full of marks, dents, and holes where someone or something had tried its best to rip everything to shreds. We carefully stepped through the debris and walked deeper into this dark hallway. We started to notice the spray paint getting progressively more evil. What at first was scribblings became threats. Turn around if you want to live. Leave now. You're walking to your death, written on the walls. This spray paint continued to grow more malicious the further we walked into this hallway, until finally there was a lone metal door on the right-hand side. Propped open by what appeared to be a charred piece of wood, shoved between the door and the frame. The door and the surrounding walls had no signs of damage, no signs of paint, no signs that this door was a threat, which felt like the biggest sign of them all. Our hearts were pounding, minds were racing, yet we could do nothing but look at it in silence. This door so inviting, yet so malicious, felt like either a sign from God or the devil. After moments of pause, I inched closer and pulled the door open, revealing a menacing cement staircase leading down into the dark, the portal to the basement. I stepped down the first few cement steps and could see that the steps were coming to a cement landing. I flashed my light on the ten-foot cement wall in front of me where what I saw made my stomach churn and heart panic. A colossal, bloody pentagram filled the wall in a way it looked like no human could have drawn it. Perfect in size and dimension, a symbol of the devil himself. The words, those who go down here die written in black across the bottom of the pentagram. I couldn't hear my own thoughts because of the thumping of my panicked heart as I stepped down one step at a time towards the pentagram landing. I looked back up the stairs. Keenan and Chris followed while Alyssa stayed at the door. We dared not see what happens if that door shut all the way.
As we reached the landing, the staircase turned 180 degrees, revealing a second flight of stairs down from the pentagram. My heart pounding, my palms sweaty, the entirety of my body telling me to flee, except my feet kept bringing me deeper. I shine my light down the staircase, and what I see makes my mouth fall open. A ten-foot cement wall, the same size as the pentagram I was standing next to, except this wall contained nothing but a two-by-two-foot window cutout in the dead center of the wall. The words, Don't Look, painted in a bloody red right above the black window. It looked like a portal to hell. Nothing could be seen except for pitch black through the empty window. This is where it would happen, I thought. This is the place where you've gone too far. This is where those who venture find their own ends. I looked at Chris and Keenan, who looked back at me, and their eyes spoke more than their words could. They wouldn't take another step. I took a deep breath, covered my flashlight with my fingers, and started stepping down the cement stairs toward the window. The only light was cast in long shadows from my flashlight I was covering. Silence surrounded me as I approached the window. Finally, I stepped off the last step, and I was eye-level with the window about six feet away. The fear rolled through me like thunder, rattling my bones down to their very existence, urging me to step no closer to this window of death, but I could not turn back. One agonizing step at a time, I inched closer to the window. I was within arm's length, and I could see through, and there was nothing but dark. A cold seemed to be rushing through the window, an icy air that felt unnatural on this summer night. I could see nothing. I could only feel malice on the other side. I finally mustered up the courage to place my hands on the window's ledge, take a deep breath, and plunge my head through the opening, exposing myself to what was on the other side. It was cavernous. The ground I could see was rock, dirt, and gravel. There were giant support beams holding up the underbelly of the hospital. I couldn't see an end on any side. That's when I heard it. A sharp, crunching sound. I quietly hushed my friends who were still back on the landing. Turn off your lights! Shut up! Pitch black. This was the first time all of us had our lights off and we were truly in another world. Nothing could be seen. I could only feel the icy rush of air coming through the window. Then, after several moments, we hear it. Crunch. 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 The sound of slow, heavy footsteps in the darkness. My adrenaline pumped. Keenan whispered down the staircase, Do you hear that? Crunch. 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 
The footsteps were coming closer, but we couldn't tell from where. They could have been through the window. They could have been from where the hallway we had just come from. We all were hit with the urge to flee, but had nowhere to go. Crunch, 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 crunch. The footsteps were louder and had picked up pace, getting closer, getting faster. Run! I turned and ran back up the stairs, following Keenan and Chris, who were already running up to meet a panicking Alyssa, who was holding the door. We flew through the door and shone our lights down the hall we had come through. We didn't see anything, so we ran through the maze of debris, ran away from the malicious spray paint, and away from the lone door, hiding the basement and portal to hell. We flung open the cafeteria doors and tried to run back the way we came. In our haste, we mistakenly went through the wrong set of doors out of the cafeteria and found ourselves scrambling down new hallways. We didn't care where we were going as long as it was away from that basement. One hallway turned into another, then another. We were panicking, getting desperate to get out. We started opening up every hospital room door and checking to see if there was a window we could get out. We must have opened 30 doors, all leaving us more trapped, more desperate for an escape. Finally, we opened a door and the wood on the window looked loose. We rushed up and Keenan kicked the wood off the window frame. We looked out the window and down, realizing we were on the second story. Our adrenaline was pumping, our minds were racing, and all of us decided in that moment we would risk this jump to get out of this place. Keenan jumped first, falling anywhere from 12 to 15 feet and landing hard on the concrete. Chris and I took Alyssa's hands and lowered her down far enough where she could drop to Keenan. Then Chris lowered himself off the window ledge and fell to the ground with a crash. Finally, I turn around, take one last look into the darkness before climbing out the window, grabbing hold of the ledge and lowering my feet and body towards the ground and let go. Even though the fall lasted a split second, it felt like I was falling for an eternity before I hit the solid ground and crashed under my own weight. Luckily, none of us were seriously hurt, just shocked and pumped full of adrenaline and ready to get away. We ran into the night, away from the hospital. We arrived at my car and jumped in, screeched out of the parking lot, and drove away. Filled with feelings of terror, adrenaline, excitement, confusion, we couldn't speak. We could only sit in silence as we drove away from the abandoned hospital and to safety. Luckily for us, we were unscathed beside some scratches, some bruises, and the memory of that night that will forever be burned into our minds. The hospital was torn down last year, so no one will be entering that hell we accidentally strode into that night. After asking around, we realized the reason for the hospital's closing was for asbestos black mold, so our trip into the hospital was much more deadly than we had ever even imagined. All of us learned our lessons of fear that night and will never step into an abandoned hospital again.
and I recommend you don't either. But to this day, we don't know what made those sounds in the dark of the basement, and we will probably never know. Was it a person? Was it our imagination? Or was it something else? Thank you for listening to that story. I hope you enjoyed listening to it just as much as I enjoyed getting to relive, to write, and tell the story again. If you enjoyed this and wanted to hear more stories like this, I can't promise they'll be nearly as exciting because this is about the best one I have. But if you want to hear me tell more stories, let me know. If not, the next few episodes will probably be Again, business ideas and lessons. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at I'm.the.ryan, Twitter at distracted underscore Ryan, or email me directly at shortcast.vlog at gmail.com. If you like this, share it with your friends, and I really appreciate the support and the listen. Have a great day.